Welcome to Breaking Business Barriers, episode number 84. JT, also known as Jared Ty and AKA Buy With Ty. Hey, uh, JT, you been uh, selling and buying some real estate or, or uh, maybe a combination of all of it? All the above, man. Staying, staying busy. Uh, life is good. That's good, man. You do, you do a great job for your, your, your clients, as do our sponsor from American Option Insurance. Uh, for your insurance need, you, you can reach out to those folks, American Option Insurance. Find them all over the internet. And uh, the one and only Brandon Strasser, who I've known for uh, 20 plus years. So they do, they do a really nice job there, but we, we appreciate them. But uh, again, this is your, your host, Brent Duhame. And Jared Ty, I'll forget all the AKAs, but hey, JT, you want to go ahead and introduce, really, really anxious to hear um, an entrepreneur's perspective on, on how Mike is, where, where he's come from and where he's, where he's going today, but man, I'll turn it over to you. Why don't you do uh, the intro here? Absolutely. So I'm really excited about our guest here today, Mike DeLeo. Uh, Mike and I have actually been neighbors for about 10 years. And uh, just got to know him over that time and got to learn a lot about his charity, which I'm really excited to hear more about today. Uh, so yeah, Mike, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, Jared and Brent. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're, uh, digging having, we're digging having you here. So that must be the entrepreneurial type neighborhood, right? I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> two entrepreneurs side by side and, and probably others as well. As always, Mike, hey, do you want to let everyone know where we can find you most readily on social media and or web page, anything that you can direct some folks to? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our website is princessproject.com, and that's our, our website, and it's got a lot of information about our ministry out there. And then on Facebook, it's at Princess Project Sierra Leone, and then on Instagram, it's underscore Princess Project. Got it. And as we wrap up, we'll, we'll remind everyone again, and along with the write-up as well, Mike, so we can uh, we can direct people to uh, learn more about uh, what you're about, as a matter yeah, of fact. You. But uh, why don't you tell us, well, just give us a little narrative, a little bit about Mike, maybe uh, where, where you've come from and, and where you are today and, and uh, what lights your fire to, to, be, uh, to, be, to be who you are. Yeah, you know, I grew up in uh, in Richardson and went to Pierce High School in Richardson. Then I went to Baylor and graduated in uh, in uh, two thousand in nineteen ninety four. I was going to say two thousand four, <laughs> but 19, we all wish. You know, I like wish. <laughs> um, but anyway, I uh, yeah, I I uh, got into selling snow ski packages for a living when I first you know was when I was twenty seven years old. And then in 2004, I started my own company called SkiDaddy.com. And so I've had that for 17 years. And really, um, you know, uh, it was in May of uh, 2012, I went on my, really my second international mission trip through McKinney First Baptist Church and went to Sierra Leone, Africa. It's in West Africa. And on that trip, is, uh, you know, really kind of what, you know, uh, just changed my life. And, and that's what's gotten me into what I'm doing now. So I, I do have a beautiful wife, Leanne, married for 23 years. And then I have a 21-year-old daughter, Anna Grace, and she's a senior at Baylor University. 
Well, we, we have uh, maybe a few things in common, one of which I got my uh, my youngest of two. He's a he's a freshman at Baylor. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's swinging down there. And uh, but all good. He's he's had, unfortunately, all these kids, you know, these yep. experiences in high school and, you know, not to dismiss the younger kids, but high school and college, the things that they're uh, not able to not able to uh, experience. But I think these kids are going to be. I think they're going to be built with resiliency mm-hmm. now that we, we talk about that and, you know, us as parents and mentors of others, you know, of, you know, show them the good of what, what's happening. So yeah. there's not a whole lot of skiing in Texas, at least on the snow. Yeah. How in the <laughs> heck you went from Baylor to selling ski packages. I yeah. need to know this. I told, I told JT as we were getting ready to talk about you and your profile, I'm like, how does anyone get into that? So, I'm, and, you know, as an entrepreneur, yeah. there's all these avenues and, and I'm excited to hear it. Hey, yeah. before, before Mike yeah. answers that, there's also a ski shop here in downtown McKinney, which is quite surprising. <laughs> yeah, well, it's really funny because sometimes people will call us and say, what time do you close? And I'm like, I think you need Doug and Linda's. Yeah, you're like, that's the other McKinney, Texas ski business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, honestly. Just like, just like the other Frisco, right? Yeah. <laughs> But honestly, it was my first sales job. And so there was a company in Dallas who sold ski trips. And I talked to a lot of friends and they were like, you know, if you can sell something you, you might enjoy, go try, see if you like selling. And mm-hmm. so um, I was with that company for six years. And the last two years, I wound up being their top salesman. Mm-hmm. And but it just, you know, I had done a lot of inside sales. And I had another friend who was uh want me to, you know, go with him and, and uh, do some outside sales. And, you know, as circumstances may be within six months, it just wasn't really working out. And so um, I wind up, you know, we just bought the house that I'm in now. uh, And at that point, I really didn't have anywhere to go. I never wanted to start my own ski company, but I had bought the domain skidaddy.com in the early, you know, in the late nineties. And so when everything else kind of went, you know, I didn't really have any other options. I said, Hey, I think I'm going to start my own company. So that's how I, I did it. So, so, all right. So that, that it's a good point. So you bought ski daddy.com. I'm guessing that was for a few, a few pennies, maybe a couple of dollars. And I'm guessing that's been pretty valuable since uh, the late nineties or whenever you bought that. Is that, am I it's, surmising that yeah. right? And it was before GoDaddy. Oh, so wow. it's funny is it's, um, people always like, hey, I've, I've heard of your business and we're a small business. And I'm like, I think, yeah, you, have you seen our ads on the Super Bowl? You know, <laughs> so it's it's GoDaddy you're thinking of. But um, but anyway. Well, hey, you know, who doesn't want to ski, you know? Yeah. Go exactly. and go go and ski. Hey, JT, do you have a question? Yeah. So um, moving along, you know, to uh, when you went on that uh that trip, that mission trip, you said it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, time flies. Cause I remember <laughs> when you went on that. So time really goes by fast, but uh, I remember having a cool conversation with you about kind of an epiphany that you had. Uh, I know you are a huge Texas Rangers fan. Yes. And uh, you were telling me how you were spending so much time uh, driving to the games in Arlington and uh, you kind of had an epiphany about, uh, you know, priorities and things like that. And I think that would be a cool, uh, a cool thing to hear from you about yeah. again. 
Man, I can't believe you remember years. that. <laughs> yeah, I was like a super Ranger fan and yeah. we had season tickets and it was great to invite our clients for Ski Daddy. And, and uh, but then right after that first mission trip to Sierra Leone, you know, I found out that majority of the people, if you can get a full-time job, they were making about a hundred bucks a month. And every game with, you know, our seats, two seats, you know, was at least a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. $100 per game. Yeah. And so it was, and it's not like, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, bad to have season tickets or, you know, passions on this, but God just kind of stirred in my heart, you know, and then I was spent, spent a lot of time managing these tickets given to the clients and all that stuff. But it was after that first mission trip, I, I'd never, uh, I didn't renew my season, season tickets again, right. but, right. and I actually hit it at the right time because that was when they were super hot. <laughs> and so, but, I think that's, I think that's such a cool story because like you said, there's you know nothing wrong with you know having season tickets or anything like that. But the fact that you took something that was so dear to you, man, that was just, you know, that was a part of your, you know, identity. And you mm -hmm. sacrificed that for the good of others. Uh, kudos to you, man. Well, that was awesome. <laughs> so can you tell us more about um, you know, that first trip? Just, you know, you went into it you know, as a, you know, normal American, you know, and, and just, you know, what are some things that, you know, some aha moments that you had on that trip? Sure. You know, it's funny as Leanne, my wife, she was really nervous about me going because I'm the type that, you know, will lose things. And she was so worried I was going to lose my passport <laughs> and get stuck there in Africa. So she got me one of those things, you know, it couldn't be more touristy <laughs> having this thing around my neck, holding this passport screaming I'm a tourist and um you know losing things along the way and she told everybody make you know make sure you know uh, you don't lose Mike along the way but really when I got there for the first 24 hours I was man I don't know how many words I actually said uh, I was just kind of in awe of just the poverty and people living on top of each other and um I just had never seen, and I had been to Honduras on my first international mission trip um, a couple of years before that, but I'd never seen poverty like this before. And so for the first 24 hours, I was pretty, uh, pretty silent and just taking it all in, but it didn't take very long after that before I knew like the people were so amazing, so welcoming. And I just knew that I'd be coming back and, uh, and I did. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, um, I don't know that I've ever heard a bad thing uh, ever uttered from anyone who's done a mission trip, whether it's, you know, mission trips are here, they could be in the States, mm -hmm. you know, my kids have done those and, and, or they could be abroad, but um, either way, it's always eye-opening and the ability to give, it takes special people uh, to do that, Mike, so uh, thank you for representing you know, the, uh, not only here in Texas, but the United States and, and across the globe for, for doing that. That's, uh, that, that's, that's incredible. Let's, uh, let's take a step back here. You know, one of the things that we, we always talk about on, on our show, Breaking Business Barriers, is, is the fork in the road. So, you, you know, you graduate from a great school, Baylor, and, you know, you're a Texan, true mm -hmm. blue Texan. Yes. Born, born and raised, which, you know, is well, not, not born, but I got here. I was born in New York, but I got here as fast as I could. Close enough. Yeah. Right? Close enough. The, uh, but spent most of your life 
yes nearly all of it here in in texas which is which is cool but the how did you know there's a fork in the road so you're you're being successful you're a lead salesperson for a company you know as a as a young gun feeling pretty darn good about yourself probably i would be darn mm -hmm. darn certain i'm sure jt would be too was there a fork in the road where, man, am I going to go out and do, uh, you know, create my own business? Um, and if so, I, I'm guessing there probably was. What, how, how did all that work out? Yeah. So, you know, I think there, like for all of us, especially when you're in your 30s, um, young 30s, you know, trying to build a business, you know, you're trying to figure out, hey, what am I gifted at? What am I good at? You know, is this a stepping stone? And there was kind of something in me that was just, I felt like I had done um, what I needed to do for that company. And um, like I said, I had another company, somebody else approached me to say, hey, come work for us completely in a different industry. And then basically they, they matched my salary um, for what I was making at the other company. So think it took me six years to get to this place. Then they matched my salary and then it, things just didn't work out. And so, um, so what happened was after six months, I, uh, I didn't have anywhere else, like pretty much, uh, you know, I lost that job. So the fork in the road was I didn't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> All I think I had was I had some experience selling ski trips and I owned the domain skidaddy.com. I never wanted to start my own business, never wanted to take that but it was, it was literally, I didn't have another option. We had just bought this house and I told Leanne, hold on, or we got to hold on to things loosely. You know, we may be having to sell it all, start all over in a one bedroom apartment. You know, our daughter was three years old. And so it really, that fork in the road was um, when the options went away, you know, I just kind of thought, well, what, what's plan B, you know, or plan C and, and just by faith, we did it and God provided and I think he did that. He forced me out so I can start my own company so that later on in life, I would have the freedom to do what I'm doing in Sierra Leone right now. So double, Mike, thumbs really, up. double thumbs up, JT. I'm enjoying uh, learning about your journey here. Um, so, and I'm sure some of our listeners are probably curious uh, if they want to book a ski trip with you. Do you do, remind me, you do a lot of churches, I know. Um, do you do individual trips as well? We really, um, our niche is groups. A group is yeah. 20 or more with the resorts. So we do a ton of college groups. You know, we do a lot of church groups, but there are some times when we have, uh, you know, during peak times, like Christmas and spring break, we'll have group space that we can sell individual families into. And those are, you know, pretty much, we have to have that space already booked. And, and so Winter Park Resorts are number one resort we sell. So a lot of times we could save family's money if it's when we have another group that's skiing at that same time. Really neat. So you just bought a house. <laughs> yes. Just, uh, uh, you know, lost a job. Yes. And you've got this domain name. <laughs> yes. And you say, all right, what am I, what am I going to, how am I going to put the pieces together here? So uh, I, I'd be curious to hear more of what, you know, where it went from there. So you started hustling and, and making calls and getting your name out there, I imagine. Well, it was funny. Is, you know, what I've, I've learned, you know, since I do have one daughter, my father-in-law, you know, I always look back and, you know, he was such an encouragement to me at that time. 
And it's, you know, definitely like when I think about what the best thing I can do for my daughter is to build into my son-in-law, whoever, you know, she marries. And that's exactly what my father-in-law did to me. He just, he just, he just encouraged me like failure wasn't going to be an option. And so for me, that was, I needed that confidence and assurance that he had in me that I didn't even have in myself. And so, you know, really for two months, I was, I didn't tell anybody what we were doing. And I had Ken Paxton at that time, he was an attorney. He's the one who incorporated us. (laughs) Yeah. And, and uh, we're still buddies and, and uh, you know, but it was one of those things I didn't tell anybody until I think I, I lost my job in beginning of January, uh, maybe a little bit before, somewhere like January 1st. And then I pretty much spent about the next seven weeks building, you know, getting a website made, doing all the documents and not really telling anybody what I was doing Uh, just because I wanted a little bit, I didn't want to get squashed from my competitors right out of the chute. (laughs) So, but it was really hard. All these contracts that I had originally because of the relationships um, you know, they, they wound up getting some pressure from some people and, and I lost all those contracts. So at that point, I just, I found, um, resorts who, who needed help. And then we built a business on those resorts. And then in time, you know, we just kind of grew from there. That's awesome. Did it take a while to, uh, to, to kind of take off and to start oh, know, yeah. making enough money to pay the bills and all that good stuff? Yeah, we, we, I think we did it all the wrong ways. You know, we cashed out all of our 401ks or borrowed from our 401ks. We cashed out some IRAs. And back in 04 and 05 and 06, you know, they were, at that time, people would, would send, you know, things in the mail like, hey, here's a $10,000, you know, credit card thing with 0% interest for, you know. So we, we just did all that. So we, we definitely uh, did a lot of things, uh, you know, live and learn, but it, it, first year was okay. And then second year, you know, we, we were making some money pretty quick. So, and I, so I also you, had a lot of followers, you know, had done the business for six years and they were excited when I, you know, when I came out and said, Hey, um, I've started my own company. So I did have some clients right off the bat. So we hear a lot of people talking about burning the ships and going all in. You did it. <laughs> you, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, think, uh, I think sometimes when you do that, you don't really know, um, you know, I don't, if, I, if I knew all the stuff um, that was going to happen, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I think God protects us and he just gives us enough information to get us to the next step and right. the next step. And, uh, you know, once, you're, once you burn those ships, you got nowhere else to go. Yeah, yeah, no other option. All in. Well, we'd love to hear more about the Princess Project and, um, you know, what you guys are doing and, you know, more about how people can contribute. Yeah. um, We'll give you a little backstory. It was on my second trip. It was in 2013. I went back and then the orphanage that we were working at um, in Sierra Leone, there was a little girl named Princess. And man, I had some sleepless nights thinking about this child. And, you know, I had this plan already, like, you know, my daughter was in junior high and, you know, we were looking forward to, you know, the next phase in our life and the next, you know, 10 years and, you know, maybe get a place in Colorado and all of this stuff. And man, I just had these sleepless nights. I thought, man, God, are you, are you calling me to adopt this child? 
you know, and, and I just, he just put this special thing on my heart. So of course, you know, I, and I say me because, you know, I didn't really clear this with Leanne and so my wife. So anyway, you know, it, when I text her, it's like, hey, I'm bringing back a small child. And uh, she's like, uh, haha. And I was like, I'm really not joking. And so actually, you know, so we had some great discussions, but we found out but Princess really wasn't adoptable. They don't have open adoptions in Sierra Leone. Plus she had a living relative that uh, one of her, you know, they just couldn't find, but she wasn't really adoptable. But God, really, it, it was pretty much six months later. It was, I felt like God said, it really is not about taking Princess out of Sierra Leone and bringing her into the United States. It was more about being an advocate for girls like Princess because they're, you know, there's just, you know, Sierra Leone, um, it's one of the, you know, the poorest, you know, it's always in the top 10 poorest countries in the world. And they rank um, 181 out of 189 um, in, um, here it is, uh, in the, from the United Nations Development Program for the worst inequality for women in regards to health, labor, and, empower, and empowerment. Mm. And so, um, you know, it's really on that trip. I mean, really after that, I said, hey, I want to... I want to do something, even if it's little, to do something for girls in Sierra Leone. And so anyway, in 2014, kind of like what we did with Ski Daddy, we just said, hey, let's find out what it takes to run a 501c3 and, and do it. So we started that in 2014. Awesome. Wow. <clears throat> that was a ton to, a ton to uh, unpack right there. And, and being a business owner, uh, a husband, father, great friend to many, I'm sure, and and going halfway across the globe or nearly across the globe <clears throat> to do what you're doing. That's uh, that that's a that's big, my friend. And and Mike, you and others that do that are, uh, you know, I think uh, have a have an opportunity to share. That's what we're doing today. Share that with others and and uh, how they can do that. Again, you don't have to go halfway across the globe to do it. You can be right here and in our great state of Texas and, and find plenty of opportunities to help folks. So that, that, that is awesome. All right, let's bring a little levity to, to this. And, and uh, you've done a lot of, a lot of trips, provide a lot of trips, but uh, again, been across the globe. Is there anything that uh, would, would crack us up along with our listeners? Something that there's a story in there that maybe you experienced that just, Oh my gosh, you know, this happened and, and we lived through it. Sure, sure. Well, I think, you know, when I first started, um, you got to understand too, when I started this in 2014, Ebola had just hit. And so we, I had to cancel my trip. Like we were, we were leading a trip with First Baptist McKinney. We canceled our trip five days before um, we left. And so during that time, you know, for two years, I wasn't able to go into the country. And during that time, I met somebody on Facebook a guy named Paul Conte. He was actually Sierra Leone getting his master's at Baylor University. And through that, we just became friends. I took him, you know, to Colorado. He had never seen snow before. He'd <laughs> spend the night at my house on the weekends. And uh, it was just a great time getting to know him. Well, in 2016, when Ebola cleared up, he said, I want you to come back with me and I'll, uh, I'll dedicate three weeks with you. And so um, I went back with him now, you got to understand in the past, I've always stayed in American missionaries' homes. Mm -hmm. I ate American food 
And we lived in, you know, in a, in a compound, you know, when I stayed there. And now I went back with him, Sierra Leone, and I stayed in Sierra Leone homes with no electricity, you know, bucket, you know, so all of this stuff. So it was a shock to my system. And I went by myself and we traveled for three weeks. So there was times I was texting all of our friends. There was this huge spider. And of course, everything in Africa is big, you know, compared like bugs. And there was this huge spider. And so when I was staying in this house for a couple of days, it was a week at this time, you know, and, and this is where you sit in a, in, a, in a tub and you have a bucket of water and you pour it on your head. And that's how you, you clean yourself. Well, there's this huge spider, um, probably I would say at least, uh, I mean, it was five inches. No, not five inches, or probably six inches around. And it would, it would be at different places every day. And so the biggest joke is help me, you know, it's like find Waldo, you know, but it's like find the spider. And literally I, I wanted to squash it, but I just didn't know like in that culture, if that was like a pet, if that was like eating other things. And so, but it scared me to death because every time I get in the bath, I think, where is this thing, you know? And so uh, that was probably, I mean, there's so many other stories about, gosh, eating things off the side, you know, we pick up items off the side of the road and, and bring it somewhere and, and eat it. There was one time, you know, as you're going, you know, I went by myself for, for a year and a half and you, you learn through different things. And so we, we started staying at a hotel and they were pretty rough. And there's one time we got there and there was no electricity in this hotel. And there's a series of like ants crawling all on, you know, in, in the, in the room and, the, the electricity would go on and go off, but I was getting in the shower um, and then the window wouldn't close. And we probably on the third or fourth, you know, um, floor, but because everything is dark in Sierra Leone, um, I had my light on in the bathroom at the time there was electricity. And just about to jump in the shower, this huge moth comes flying through this, you know, it, it looked like the size of a bird. And I literally had a heart attack, ran over there, closed the door, you know, and uh, tried to figure out how on earth I'm going to kill this thing. And then finally I did. And then I just took a t-shirt and then boarded up the window. So <laughs> it, it's, it's not like that anymore because we, you know, like we, you know, anytime you, you do something new for the first time, there are some, some of the situations, but it was on those trips. I would say, God, you know, call somebody else, choose somebody else. Cause this is, this is not for me, but um, that's well, that right. spider was uh, the local exterminator, kind of like here. Yeah, I don't know if it ate other things or if they named it, you know, and kind of like uh, the tarantulas here in Texas. Yeah, they're, friend they're friendly for the most part, and yeah. uh, they, they live a long time, and and uh, they they take care of other other rodents, no, no doubt. And if they don't have anything else to eat, they'll eat their own legs. I know that. Oh, man. When I was a kid, we would, we would put them in jars and you leave them in there long enough and they'd start eating their own legs. So <laughs> crazy. That I did not know that one. Yeah. Mike, I'm really enjoying the, uh, just the perspective this has, you know, given me. I mean, it's so easy as an American, you know, or what, you know, top percentile for yeah. you know, wealthy nations. It's, it's just really easy to feel sorry for ourselves, you know, because of, you know, politics or, or, you know, the, the, you know, COVID situation, which is obviously a very situ serious situation. 
Um, but, you know, just hearing how, you know, these people get by with just so much less than us uh, just is a really good reminder for me of, you know, to, to be grateful for so many things that I do have. So like, likewise, and, and uh, thank you for sharing that and uh, unloading that, Mike, that's great. I think it's great for our folks to be able to hear that because all too often we get caught up into that as JT is talking about, we get caught up in life and we forget about these other things. And, you know, we're, we're worried about ourselves, maybe our friends and family. And, and that's about as wide as it goes. Is there a, as we wrap things up here, Mike, is there a, or a book or a podcast or something that you could recommend? Maybe give it a listen or give it, yeah. give it a read. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my favorite books I've probably listened to, I love audible.com. And so one of my favorite books is Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Hmm. And I've probably listened to that five or six times. And it just helps give us, gives me perspective, you know, that we were created A, to find Christ, but B, to glorify him. And, and, um, and you know, just it, it, that book has got some great, um, it's almost like when you go to a funeral sometimes, when you go to a funeral, you leave there just kind of like, hey, what am I doing? What, where do I want to be? How do I want to, you know, um, and, and sometimes we, we kind of change from that. But yeah, that's, that's a great book for sure. Um, hey, one thing I forgot to mention um, when we talked about Princess Project, I, I kind of got off on, on some of the story, but our whole thing with Princess Project is we teamed up with a local Sierra Leone ministry. So we found on that trip in 2016, when we toured the country for three weeks, we found a girl's ministry run by Sarah Leones and he needed help. So that's what we've partnered with him, love one another. It's Pastor Saryaba and his wife, Sabatu. So we've teamed up with them for the past four years. And the whole, the whole there in Southern Sierra Leone, there's only two girls' homes in the entire Southern Sierra Leone. One only takes in traffic um, that only takes in sexually abused girls and then we it's then we have we uh, have two homes and for us they there are all of our girls are referred by the ministry of social welfare and so think about in our in our country like cps but you got to understand there's eight thousand kids that live on the streets in sierra leone two thousand that live in Bo Sierra Leone, where, where our ministry is so for us these cases that the Ministry of Social Welfare or the police get, they have to be extreme. And so for us, we have these two safe houses for the girls and that we, we take in girls 13 and younger and they have to be referred by the Ministry of Social Welfare. And then together with love one another, you know, we, we work together to, to, to create this holistic approach that will provide um, their, for their physical needs, their mental needs, their spiritual needs. We get them into school and then from there, our work begins and, and we reunify them back into the community. And then from there, you know, we do tutoring. Um, they're involved with their love one another Baptist church. And, and that's really our model um, is what we're doing. We're, we're taking these at-risk girls and we're, we're, you know, something that Satan intended evil for them. We know that God can turn it for good um, and, you know, to save many lives as Genesis 50, 20 says, and it's our desire that these girls will be the change makers in their country. And Sierra Leone is, it's 85% Muslim. And so the girls that we have, they're, they're from, you know, Muslim. And, and for us, we want to just give them the hope that 
that we have as believers that um, that we have in Christ. So, yeah. So that I wanted to go back and make sure we were clear on on you know what Princess Project is. I'm sure glad you did because you know here we are. We're recording this before before Thanksgiving. You know, but it is a season, right? It seems like when yeah. the calendar flips over to November, you know, we start to kind of get into that holiday mode and, and we reflect, we plan for next year. So uh, not just, you know, these, these two months of, of being thankful, but I think that that's something that we should be every day and give those thoughts. And that that is, there's no better way to wrap this episode of Breaking Business Barriers up right there because you're living it and uh, you're sharing what you've seen. I can't imagine it. You know, come on, you need to come, Brent. Yeah, you know, I I will at, at some point. And yeah. I mean that because I've had too many friends ask me to do that. And I keep yeah. hunting, you know, yeah. I, I, find, I guess I find an excuse. And that's a that's a terrible thing. But Mike, it's been a pleasure. We'll, we'll definitely in the captions, we'll uh, we'll we'll write up where we can find you and where yeah. listeners can find you. And man, it's been a pleasure. You know, I've had goosebumps. You know, for you know, not only just your business that you that you've started, and you know how you did that, and and the risk that you took. You know, you may have some someone reach out that does listen, maybe maybe for a little advice. I'm sure you'll be you'll be happy to share your experience with them. But Brent, I'd like to ask Mike to remind us again where people can donate because uh, I want to go and, and leave a donation now and. You know, it's I, I grew up watching all these movies where, you know, you see the hero and you want to be the hero. Well, you know, this is a way to help is to, to donate to this cause. So how can we do that, Mike? Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, princessproject.com. You go to the website, there's a button that says donate. Um, we, we have at least 20 employees in Sierra Leone and we have over 30 girls. And so, um, you know, it takes a village to care for the village. And so we come up about, we do sponsorships um, for the girls that pays for the ministry. And so there's a few girls out there. If anybody wants to sponsor a child, there there's three girls on the website, but honestly, like $25 a month, I mean, we're, we come up $2,000 short every month. So one-time gifts are awesome because it helps meet those needs. I mean, our shortfalls, but we definitely would love people who, you know, want to get involved later on when they see us and they trust us to, I mean, love to, be a part of, you know, uh, donating $25 a month or $50 a month, or like I said, any, any gift, if it's $50 and our employees, you know, in Sierra Leone, they make about a hundred dollars a month. And that's the, and that's actually, if you can, uh, you know, half the country is unemployed. So if you can get a job, they're, they're blessed. So when somebody donates $50 or a hundred bucks, like it goes a long way in Sierra Leone. So there's there's really no small amount. So Mike, we'll make sure we note that it's incredible work what you're doing. Again, thank you very much for joining both uh, Jared and I on this episode of Breaking Business Barriers. And as we as we wrap up, it it is definitely uh, onward and upward. Thanks again, Mike. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you, Brent. Thank you, Jared, for having me. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mike.